We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 18th, 2013. And today's going to be a little bit of a different type of study. Um, it's going to be a lot of audios that we're actually listening to from a lady named Deborah Tavares. I've had a lot of requests from my listeners uh, regarding her information, and recently I heard an interview by her um, on the radio, <clears throat> and I'll kind of tell you the story that leads up to it. Uh, after the last study we put up, we were going to, um, I scheduled us to take a little, kind of like a little mini vacation, the only thing we've really done all summer. And just uh, before, you know, my daughter gets back into school and everything, and I wanted to just basically um, have some time where, you know, we could have a little getaway. So the first thing we did is we were going to go to like the Gatlinburg area in uh, Tennessee. And um, the first thing we did is we made a side trip to Asheville, that trip over there, because it's basically on our way. Because we had just talked about Asheville in the last teaching and how wicked and evil and all the stuff. We wanted to go, if we could see if we could find that Sealy Castle we talked about where all these human sacrifices have occurred. Nothing else to drive by to pray you know, against the wickedness there, this type of stuff. And we were able to um, locate it. Had a concertina uh, razor wire around the whole perimeter. If it's the place I'm thinking, and I'm pretty sure it was, and a very high security fence system with look like a lot of electricity, a big, huge box um, electrical panel. So I'm, I'm assuming that the, the fence is electrical. Uh, I mean, it's, it was pretty bad uh, to have that type of security around a place like that. So, as we were leaving, we noticed there was a lot of these people walking around signs and stuff, and they were going to some rally or whatever. And this was a Monday, and um, so we're like, I wonder what's going on here. So, as the more we explored the the... the we were kind of trying to get a look at the signs to see what they were saying. It was a lot of hodgepodge of things that they were taught on these signs. So we're like, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. We're not in any rush. Let's go ahead and, and try to go here and see what they're going to. So we went, and man, <laughs> trying to find parking in Asheville is about next to impossible. Finally found a parking garage way far away. Parked. I had a whole bunch of tracks with me, so I was going to try to put those out along the way. And um, we parked started walking on foot, and I'm telling you, I've never seen going there at this event and back, I've never seen so many um, lesbians, uh, particularly lesbians. I didn't notice if there was a lot of gays there. They weren't maybe as apparent, but, I mean, gay men, but the lesbian population was just off the scale. Um, high level, I mean, you know, occultists, witches, pagans, whatever you want to call them. I mean, just so much of that. So many of the times, the lesbians are either witches or pagans. It's, it's kind of par for the course. You know, piercings, tattoos, just all manner of, of wickedness. It's an incredibly beautiful area. Like, when we were up there on that road for uh, that Sealy Castle, where that Sealy Castle was, I mean, breathtaking vistas. And you can just see when I was up there, it's just like, you know, in the Bible it talks a lot about the high places. They would always want to go to the high places to sacrifice, particularly in the Old Testament. And a lot of times the high places are the most beautiful places. And those are the areas where Satan wants to occupy and defile. And I also believe, yes, I mean, the Bible talks about the devil being the prince and the power of the air. And there is some correlation, obviously, there with high places and evil spirits as well. They like to dwell, occupy, or witchcraft is done in these places. It has more power, these types of things. And uh, But, oh, I mean, just, it's a big reason I, I always wanted to move up here. And um, just gorgeous, gorgeous. And it, gut-wrenching to think that there's so much evil going on in the mountains, you know, um, well, not just there, but I'm sure all over the planet, but particularly in that area. And so, we finally, we, we're, we're on foot and we're walking to this uh, rally or whatever it was. And 
I figured it out afterward. It's it's what they call Moral Monday. They have it. They've been having it in um, North Carolina on every Monday now since I guess the Republicans in the state have had a lot of things go their way, evidently. And I don't really follow politics that super close, you know, in in the state, other than if it's like pro life or or you know against the gay agenda. Those are the things I really. And I'm, I mean, obviously, I mean, if it's a, of a morality issue for a positive way, I'm, I want to know about it. But there's so many things going on, you know, obviously breaking news, current events and this type of thing. I can't just focus in on local politics a lot. Well, anyway, we get there and I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people at this thing. There's a lot of people and this big, I think it was the big square, wherever they meet downtown Asheville. And, you know, sure enough, my, my, my thought was it was going to be a very, very liberal, it's called Moral Monday, and you would think it would be conservative Christians. It was anything but that. I mean, it was, you know, Immoral Monday is what they should call it. So, I mean, we're there, we kind of like going into the crowd, it's like being at almost at a concert, I mean, people were packed in, um... And this guy's up there preaching. It's a, it's a black preacher. He's got his robes on. He's got his little thing around his neck. I'm pretty sure he had a, his priest collar on. Even though he wasn't, I'm pretty sure he's not Catholic. But they, they love to do that nowadays. Go around like with priest collars on and stuff, even though they're not Catholic. I guess they just want to be so close to that mother whore church that they just can't resist the temptation. So, we're there and we're watching this. It had to be the worst because it was like a sermon. It really was. He was quoting Bible. In fact, he was quoting it pretty well. In fact, I'm pretty sure he was quoting King James. For the most part. I mean, I recognize, you know, he'd say a Bible verse. I'm like, but you could not have twisted or misapplied verses. I wouldn't even, I, I, I don't even know how he was doing it. <laughs> it was so off the scale Twisting scriptures. I mean, it's pretty bad when you can sit there as a preacher and preach a sermon with a, I mean, mentioning God many, many times, mentioning the Bible, quoting Bible verses, and and and, and sit there and basically have lesbians and gays a many new. I mean, this is how bad it was. It was the worst sermon I have ever heard preached in my life. And it really wasn't, they they weren't there to go to church. You know what I mean? But he had so twisted scriptures to fit the liberal, gay, pro-abortion agenda that he was able to somehow pull it off. There were so many things he said that were so infuriating, all I could do is pray and pray and pray that, that God would just stop this wickedness and stop his forked tongue, devil mouth, you know what I mean, from operating. It was so unbelievable. But then, then again, you look at the Bible, and the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie. That they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, which all of this was lies, essentially, and had pleasure in unrighteousness. I would say the vast majority of people there were there because, in my opinion, because they wanted a handout. They wanted more government. They wanted more whatever. More, 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 more. More public, more funding for public schooling. Well, public schooling, the thing that's, that's brainwashing you know, the children and teaching them evolution, teaching them about sex ed, education, teaching them all these liberal mindsets, teaching them to be pro-abortion, handing out condoms, and, 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 you know, it's like all this money, and they were really, now I'm not saying every single thing they were, they were there for was a bad thing, uh, every single thing that the people in the crowd wanted were unrighteous, I'm not saying that. But I would say the majority. And there were people there with gay flags and, and people there. Now, we had just talked about that FemCare place. Because of some of this legislation, they, they shut down a whole bunch of abortion clinics in um, uh, North Carolina, like in the last month, because of regulations and things of this nature. FemCare being the most infamous one in Asheville, I think it's probably the only one there, 
and um, they uh, there were people there with reopened femcare. So we got there like right when the, the, like the hornet's nest was was really at a fever pitch because this had just happened and this was the first rally. They do this more Monday. I think they move it to a different city every week. I would have to say, per capita, Asheville, there's no way you're going to find a more, at least of a city of that size, a more liberal, pro-lesbian, pro-gay, pro-abortion, pro-witchcraft, pro-pagan, pro-evil city in all of North Carolina. There's no way. I I don't see how you're going to, not one that's comparable in size. And they were in, like, really, really mad anyway. Because they just got their abortion clinic shut down. Their main, their main center of human sacrifice was just shut down. Literally, like, within the last couple weeks or whatever. So, I thought, yeah, this is a good place to be. Right into the belly of the beast. You know, all these, these liberal uh, people, I would say the vast, vast, vast majority, I would say 98, 99% were, were pro-abortion. Because this devil, fork-tongued man of Satan was basically preaching that he was so sick of these conservative, so-called conservative Christians that were um, trying to legislate morality over a woman's body and, 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 and tell them that basically they can't abort their baby. And I'm thinking, I don't <laughs> I don't even want to tell you what I was thinking because I, I wasn't really Christian a lot of the time. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to wring this guy's neck. I mean, how on God's green earth do you sit there and quote scripture and then somehow justify the killing of unborn babies in the womb? You devil from the pit of hell, and then sit here and have the gays and the lesbians just cheering you on because you're telling them exactly what they, those demon possessed devils, want to hear. You're somehow trying to twist. If he wouldn't have brought scripture in, it would be one thing, but it was he quoted scripture over and over. You know, a lot of Martin Luther King type. Of, of, of feeling you got there. We shall overcome and all this and we will, we will beat back the tyrant conservatives and, and the pro-lifers and the, and the anti-gay and, and who, who dare say that they should have, uh, right over a woman's body or, 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 or have right to say who can get married and who can't or, or, or against pro-gay rights and, and then he said something effective. I'm the real true conservative here because I believe whatever. And I'm like, I mean, it, it didn't even make sense. He said he was the real conservative because he was pro-gay, pro-lesbian, pro-death, pro-pro-abortion. He was the real conservative. He had the he had the audacity to try to take that moniker onto himself. It was about more than I could handle. Um, and at that point, we saw this guy over there with a the sign, and I'm like, is there one? Is there one Christian here in this whole crowd? Is is there anything? We weren't planning on doing this. I mean, this was an absolute total... I mean, we just happened to be there on Moral Monday in Asheville. I don't even know if they'd come there yet. <laughs> I mean, in the most wicked crowd you could probably be in, in the most wicked city in North Carolina. And talk about being outnumbered. Well, at that point, I'm not sure if I said... Did you see it? the, the guy with the sign? Taylor saw the guy with the sign, and he had a, a sign that he just started walking in kind of slowly. It was to our left, and um, it was a big, I don't know, probably about six feet tall, about two feet wide, and it had this, was it like a skeleton head on the top, and a bloody scrub outfit. And then on, and there was this placard hanging across it, like this thing, like this piece of wood, and it said, it was all macabre looking. It was like something you'd see in a, like a horror movie or something. And it said Femcare. And obviously it was, it was protesting Femcare. Now the, you had all these lesbians and, and, uh, um, uh, why would a lesbian care about that? I mean, she, she's not going to get pregnant. You know what I mean? If she's with a woman, she's not going to get, but it seems to be so important to them that they, not only can they, 
can they, um, you know, be women with women? And the Bible absolutely condemns this. And, and the Old Testament was a death sentence. But, you know, just see Romans 1. But it's so important to them, not only can they can they apply their disgusting uh, sexual preferences toward one another, but that also that they can kill babies too. That women women have that right to kill their babies unfettered without any whatever. Anyway, I just thought that's ironic. Um, so I see this guy walking up. Now, you have to understand, it's not like you can just walk right over. I mean, it's like wall-to-wall people here. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, we need to go over with him. So, we go over there, and we're trying to make our way over. And at the same time, he's kind of being encircled now, as this is happening. And there was three, three black men that came up, and they, one of them had an Egyptian onk around his neck. So I don't know what he was. I don't know. They, you almost thought that they were like pseudo-Christians. Almost that's the impression I got from them. And then there were lesbians coming in. He was standing facing kind of toward the crowd and they were coming in from his left side and then the lesbians were coming in like from the back and from the right and from the, yeah, from the front. And they had their gay flags and, and um, one lady had an American flag and um, they were really starting to, really starting to give it to him. And so we were like walking up and walked up and I finally got through and they were like really in his face at this point and I got through, Taylor and me were there and I put my hand on his, I think I put my left hand on his left shoulder and I just whispered in his ear, I said, I said, brother, I'm here with you, I'm standing with you, I'm not gonna, you know, and because um, he was trying to deal with all these people, the black guys were trying to engage him. The lesbians were, were kind of yelling at him at this point. They had the gay flag. They were trying to cover up his femcare thing with the gay flag. You know. And I'm thinking, you know, the lesbians and the gays and, and the pagans, they're so tolerant. They, they, they tell us how we have to be tolerant and how we have to accept them in their lifestyle, even though the Bible condemns it. And yet, they're the most intolerant bunch of devils. That guy had every right to be there. Every right in the planet. You have the gay flags going. You had reopen family care. You had all these wicked causes everybody was trying to, to bolster and, and, and get funding for. Reopen fem care. That was all fine. But when it came to one guy in this gigantic crowd, he's the only one I could identify that had any kind of Christian. I mean, did you see anybody else, Taylor? Other Christians? It's the only one I saw. Taylor thinks she might have saw one other person way across. I don't know. Um, but it was it was definitely, definitely, definitely a hugely pro... I mean, the, the, that was one of the main platforms of this guy that was talking. He was the... I guess he's their leader, essentially. The, the uh, black preacher guy that was talking. Now, I'm not being prejudiced saying he's black. I'm just saying he was, okay? Could have been a white guy. Would have been just as infuriated. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, but I, I guess he's the leader, the ringleader for this whole thing. So they don't mind getting that sermon from him, you know? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I had my hand on his left shoulder, and I was just standing there. And I'm, I'm just like basically... Um, looking at these people and I'm thinking, well, if we have to die, this is a good place to die. I mean, hey, if they throng us, if they whatever, I'm like, well, you know, hey, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's righteous, you know, and I'm serious. It was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. That was, that situation was, but, um, cause they were really starting to all come over the most radical ones, the lesbians and, and the, uh, the uh, mostly lesbians and witches and pagans and uh, those black guys and I just basically was looking at them whenever they would come up I would just was staring at them and they kind of backed off and then Taylor went and got a um, you you found another guy that you think was a Christian and they she went and got a police guy and kind of brought him over there and they the police guy kind of like broke it up a little bit. And um, 
I, I talk with him a little bit, the man. And uh, it was kind of hard, though, because, you know, he was getting yelled at. He was this. He didn't know who I was, if you think about it. Here I am. I'm literally in back of him with my hand on him. I didn't even know him, you know. But I, I, but he, I think he trusted me because, I mean, obviously I, I told him where I stood, you know. And um, at that point, it kind of just started to disperse and stuff. And I waited there a little bit longer. You know, I don't know. We were there for probably another three or four or five minutes. And then things started to, like, disperse. And then at that point, we kind of had a piece about going. We were probably there for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, probably. So we started walking back. I told him goodbye. God bless you. I said, I'll have my listeners praying that, you know, especially this fem, this fem care, this abortion clinic, where, you know, these Satanists and people have worked and stuff, that this does not get reopened ever. And um, he was appreciative of that. So we started walking back. And, um, I, I mean, we saw some people that were high on... I don't know what they were doing, but I don't think I have ever seen people more wasted. Now, this isn't like there there's some big event this day, you know, like you're in like Mardi Gras or something. This was just a normal, this is a Monday, you know, this is like, you know, probably the most non-party day of the whole week. And there were some dudes that were so stoned out of their minds, they could hardly walk. Just mumbling and just, just, and we went, we passed through, we went back a different way. It was a little more direct. And, um, there was a park that we went through. It was a real little one. I mean, it was literally like, I don't know, 50 yards by like 50 yards. And it was like in the downtown part. And, um, they were like drug addicts just strung out on the benches and stuff, and, and just, you could just tell, I mean, there was buses going through there, and like party buses and stuff, I don't know, they're doing like tours and stuff, and it was very, very, very evil, wicked, decadent, um, probably one of the most evil places I've ever seen, I, I was able to put out a ton of tracks, which was good, but, um, yeah, overall, it was, it was a real eye-opener, so then, flash-forwarding it to, um, I don't know, I guess it was Thursday, we were driving around the Gatlinburg area, and um, we were on our way to like one of our destinations, and I was going by, and I saw this, I don't know, it, it was like a, the side of a house on the side of the road, and it said, Ron Paul, I don't know, 87.9 or whatever, the station, and I mean, there were no decent stations you could listen to. So I, I tried to tune into it and I got it. And it was this interview that I'm going to be playing here. And I only heard about 15 minutes because it wasn't a very strong station. And we were, we got into the, we were into the really deep woods and, um, I kind of started losing the signal and everything. But from what I heard, I said, wow, this is unbelievable. I need to play this on my show, and then I'll probably be, you know, stopping to comment along the way. Now, I've only, the, the study today is only like five pages long. Most of it's these audios. I want to play and then comment. I just feel like this information is important enough that I need to get it out, and um, it's a reiteration of a lot of the stuff I've said, but it goes much deeper into some very specific plans that the New World Order has for particularly humanity and also in America, specifically things they're doing in America. And this lady's very good at what she does. She's like a machine gun. She really goes point by point. She's very polished. Um, this is Joyce Riley interviewing her, um, the patriotic nurse lady, on her show The Power Hour. So you'll hear her interviewing the lady. And um, I believe... <laughs> This was literally, I checked it. This was the day it literally came on. I just happened to hear it when it was literally debuting on the radio. It was on the 8th of August. And I just so happened to just see this sign and tune in. And this happened to be the interview. I was only able to get enough of it where I knew I had to 
look into this way further. And I was familiar with her, and I've had di- listeners say, you really need to to uh, get into this. But this is a new interview. She's the one that did a lot of the stuff on the NASA documents, like NASA, the science space you know, organization. But this is an updated interview that just happened on that day, and I just happened to hear it. In that, like, for that 15, 20 minutes. So, I felt like this, it was kind of like divine providence to, to bring me to that point. And, um, and it was the only time I could even get that radio station in the whole time we were there. So, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start to roll it now. You're gonna hear Joyce Riley, and she's gonna introduce her, and then she's gonna start with all, all the information that she has. So, she's gonna get into, just as a preview, a lot of stuff with psychotronic warfare. Smart meters, cell phone towers. Uh, she has websites that I will give you. Um, RefuseSmartMeters.com, ToxicSky.org, ToxicDrinkingWater.org, StopTheCrime.net is her main site. And I'll just read this to you. This is the August 8th, 2013 show with Deborah Tavares where she discusses critical world events and actions against humanity. Deborah will explore some of the ways depopulation may occur and how some of the things we're exposed to may be used against us as weapons. This information is so unreal. You you almost think, I don't know, it's just, I was so blown away by this interview. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start it right now, and we'll, we'll kind of comment along the way here. Welcome back to Power Hour. Thank you for joining us today, caring about your world, and being willing to look outside the proverbial cage or box or fence that has been set up for us. We're going to be welcoming Deborah Tavares to the Power Hour today. She's a third-generation land developer of residential construction. She's been self-employed in her family business for over 30 years. She specialized in land feasibility studies, acquisitions, and building permit processes, including required environmental impact reports, uh-oh, along with furnishing the Department of Real Estate subdivision requirements and the entire construction build-out to completion. It was during that time that she learned about the restrictions of property rights, which became evident under the creep constraints of United Nations Agenda 21. And she joins us here today. She is an investigative reporter. I call her an extremely good investigative reporter. And the work that she's done on Smart Meters, uh, Bohemian Grove, she has also interviewed Ted Turner, which I find amazing. And we thank you so much for joining us today, Deborah Tavares. Thanks for joining the Power Hour. Well, Joyce, thank you so much for having me on today, and I know that we have so much to cover, so I'm going to move very quickly, if I may. Um, Yeah, I want to do a quick update for everybody on the smart meters, the smart grid. Uh, Everyone needs to go to our website, stopthecrime.net. You will see the breaking news article on smart meters, on the opt-out, and why the opt-out has been only an appeasement plan to slow down the opposition against the smart grid to allow people to think that they have an opt-out and to allow the complacency that follows when they think there's a victory. I can tell you that it has never been about having a choice. There is no choice. They're deploying these by the thousands every single day on unsuspecting people. While there are many that are starting to become aware, the most important thing is to keep these off your properties, period. No matter what it takes, these are biohazards. This is part of what we'll cover uh, today, Joyce, part of the silent weapons uh, program for slavery and genocide. And when you heard me say silent weapons, again, go to stopthecrime.net and read that 44-page silent weapons for quiet wars document. But I want to go into a little bit of the breaking news on the smart meters, and we'll move into some other extremely urgent um, topics. But we discovered uh, in California uh, and in other states as well, and everyone's going to need to go to your planning department at your city uh, halls, because what has happened by executive order, uh, every planning department throughout the nation is required to come up with an energy action plan or a climate action 
requires all new uh, remodels, but every single thing to be retrofitted with um, different types of incentive programs that the Public Utility Commission and PG&E are behind. I can say that in Southern California, Southern California Edison is financing this uh, energy action plan that has been put forth before these cities, and it is under the auspices of the Public Utility Commission. We have all been fooled. Behind the scenes are Public Utility Commissions, which is why no one has gotten or received any progress with stopping this for all the years that we've spent in San Francisco at the California Public Utility Commission trying to persuade them to stop this. We realize that the Public Utility Commission is part of the shoe. Okay, so why would they want to do this? Why would they want everybody to have Energy Star type appliances and these types of things? Because they're spying devices, okay? The smart grid, what they want to do is have smart meters on all the houses that the smart meter can then communicate with these new Energy Star, these new updated appliances, and monitor not only electricity, but literally monitor you. They're spying uh, devices. I believe there's even listening capabilities in some regard. Uh, They're going to have everything... In your house, what their goal would be is to have total control over every aspect of everything you do in your house. And if you, it'll get to the point where if you're um, out of line in your power consumption, that you know you can be fined, whatever, imprisoned. They, they just want total, absolute, one hundred percent control over every aspect of our lives. And this is why, if you've got older appliances and things like this. You know, you really need to try to stick with whatever you've got. Um, the more you upgrade, the more you're going into this into this uh, grid system that they're trying to establish. And the smart meters will be the heart and soul of that because it'll be the main communication device. Um, and not only that, I'm sure that then you get into well all the horrific effects of the smart meters themselves. Um, before I forget, she's got a site called RefuseSmartMeters.com, and I give you the link here, and uh, if I just click into it, they've got these really cool uh, stickers you can buy that you put it right next to your analog meter, if you haven't got a smart meter at this point, and it says, attention, do not install smart meter. Then you can also buy, buy these tags that you can literally zip tie onto the smart meter that basically say the same thing. It looks really official, um, these things, uh, it says, say no to health effects from radiation. You know, I've had listeners that are just absolutely devastated by these things. They get them installed, they start to have massive headaches, they have no energy, they physically feel like total garbage, and the only way I know of really to combat that effectively is, um, I have my one listener in uh, Texas, Michelle, she had a, she bought one of those metallic shrouds that she like a canopy that literally goes over the bed and that was like the first night she got a decent night sleep once she purchased that they're not cheap though they're not cheap at all and um you you just can do a keyword search for emf uh canopy bedding shield emf like electromagnetic frequency canopy bedding shield uh i'm I'm not really doing a health corner this week but this is kind of a health corner (laughs) so i'm going to try to incorporate it into the talk uh, and she said, yeah, it made a huge difference. The problem is, is when she goes out from underneath there and tries to do her day-to-day things, but at least she can get a decent night's sleep. So it's kind of like acting like what they call a Faraday cage, which is what, um, like I said, if we ever get hit with an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse, which we've seen tons of information about that, it would fry all of our electronic devices and render them useless. But if they're in a Faraday cage and... Literally, you can use a galvanized trash can, metal galvanized trash can, um, can act as a Faraday cage. You put your electronics in there, or ones that, let's say, if we got hit, let's say we got hit right now, well, obviously you didn't know what was coming, your computer got fried. Well, you could have backups in the Faraday cage that would be viable. Granted, the grid, probably everything else will be down, so I don't know how much good it's going to do you at that point, but at least if you had your own personal computer that was working and, like, let's say you had information like this type of information or whatever, my materials, things like that, you could at least listen to them. 
Um, and obviously information is really important. So that's something you might want to think about. A good galvanized trash can will act as a Faraday cage. Uh, so you can get those at, you know, obviously a lot of different places, most hardware stores, uh, um, those types of things. Uh, tractor Supply has them, these types of things. Anyway, so then it's saying, okay, say no to increased utility costs. The smart meters, it's been proven, once you get one installed, your utility bills usually become incredibly inaccurate, and it's usually always benefiting the utility company, meaning they overcharge you. Um, and it says uh, invasion of privacy. Oh, they can also remotely shut you down if you don't comply with what they're saying, whatever with the smart meter. Let's say you're, you're going against Big Brother and they, well, they'll just shut your power off. They can remotely shut you down, monitor you. Um, they also have a huge history right now of catching literally on fire and burning whole structures down because they're so unpredictable. They're just evil. They're pure evil. They give off a massive amount of radiation. That And it's all, it's all part of the plan to kill us. That's exactly what this is all about. This is an unbelievably coordinated, increasingly aggressive, day-by-day plan to annihilate all of us off planet Earth. This is what this whole interview is about that we're talking about today. And, and so I'm going to go ahead and let um, uh, Mr. Vars here go further. reason I started the health corner because let's face it we're body soul and spirit and if Satan can get us with our body it doesn't really matter I mean it matters but if we feel terrible physically then no matter how on fire for God you might be that is going to be the weak link in your chain and you're only as strong as the weakest link in the chain so I mean if you're like dying of cancer and let's say from all of this garbage that they're doing and you end up dying 20 years earlier than you would have, you know what I mean? You understand how you're going to be able to do a lot less for the Lord. This is my motivation so we can actually be at our fullest potential. And this is why I've been so big on detoxing. Because, we, I mean, honestly, Taylor and I, every day, we're detoxing. We always, always in a detox type of mode. Because they are doing so many things to try to kill us. On a daily basis, I just put out my, my uh, health alert that's coming out in a couple days. Um, there's going to be a big section in there on, on Aspartame, NutraSweet, which they now call Aminotame as well. They keep trying to change the name so nobody knows what's in the products. Sucralose would also be horrifically bad. Saccharin would be terrible. But NutraSweet, you know, how they've hidden all these things and um, uh, all of the horrific side effects just from NutraSweet alone and how they just, you know, you can't go in there and buy any gum now where that's not like the main sweetening ingredient. And um, you you can find them, but I mean like uh, xylitol type gums in health food stores, uh, which don't, don't have the NutraSweet aspartame in there. But I mean... Read those articles on, on the spare team that I'm putting out. There's about five or six different links. It's going to come out on the 20th. And um, it's unbelievable what they're trying to do to kill us on a daily basis here. And this is just further proof of that. This was schemed in the 1940s. Uh, Rockefeller. 
Rockefeller got on the ground floor, worked with Harvard University along with the U.S. Air Force that joined in in 1949, and they schemed an unthinkable, unthinkable plan against all of us, and that is the Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And it is a document of slavery and genocide, and they recognize um, that uh, whenever you have a few people that have a uh, massive control and have uh, money and uh, the methodologies uh, for economic uh, conquest, they say in this document on page four, if you print it off of stopthecrime.net, that it must be considered that a state of domestic warfare exists between this powerful group and the public. This is a declaration of war on us. They are... Um, what, what this document also tells us is that they are enslaving us by lack of education, uh, and they are. We have got the Common Core curriculum being presented in this fall across our country, and not only is it dumbing down math and science, which they say in this quiet weapons document they must do so that we'll never be able to unravel the scheme that they've put upon us. They are dumbing us down to create the moat of enslavement necessary for the elite's sovereignty, their sovereignty. Their sovereignty is required upon eliminating massive amounts of us because we're considered herds, we're considered cattle. And in order to manage, herd management requires massive reduction of us. So let, when me, I let me stop you. Let me just stop you one real yeah. quickly on the issue of silent weapons for quiet wars. Give us the history so they can further appreciate this and go to stopthecrime.net, which is at thepowerhour.com. It's, it's uh, under the guest section there. You'll be able to see the document "Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars," which I became aware of in about 1996 as a result of investigating the Gulf War illness issue. But what is the history? behind that document. What, what do we need to know about that document well, before we yes. appreciate it? Yes, Joyce. Um, you need to understand that this was schemed uh, in the 1940s. In fact, the first few pages of the document will discuss this. But very uh, quickly, it was schemed in the 1940s. It became the first Bilderberg adopted policy at the first Bilderberg meeting in 1954. And it was a policy that has been advanced. This is a declaration of war. And I want to just tell everybody what the definition of the silent weapon is. And this is on page 7 of the document. They say, and this includes what we see happening right now with NSA, what Snowden is talking about, with this massive takeover uh, and massive surveillance. This includes all the cameras that we see in every town, city. This includes the smart grid, which is a biohazard. The frequencies, of course, are going to dice and slice our DNA. This is all part of the silent weapon system. And it says that it shoots situations instead of bullets. It's propelled by data processing instead of chemical reactions. It's originating from bits of data instead of grains of... Okay, now she mentioned DNA, and you know I've always say it comes back to the old DNA, them, they, <clears throat> Satan, trying to defile our DNA, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus Christ said that. Well, the days of the coming of the Son of Man are upon us, we're moving into that time, and then we've got to look back to the days of Noah to see what was the main thing that was being attacked during the days of Noah. And if you think about it, the main thing that was being attacked in the days of Noah was our DNA. Because the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, they took them wives, all that they chose. These are, these are angels that fell. And in those days, these were, were these giants, which was translated from the Hebrew Nephilim, or fallen ones. It was these hybrids, literally. They're trying to defile our DNA through the smart meters, through, well, TSA, body scanning, literally rips apart your DNA. Those scanners you go through in the airport, it unzips the double helix DNA. I'm not saying, obviously, to every DNA particle in your body, but it starts that. Every time you go through it, it's worse and worse. They're doing it through the GMO foods, all these Franken foods that they're doing. They're doing it through the chemtrails. They're trying they're doing it through the vaccinations. They're doing it through the water system. The vaccinations are a huge one. They're literally introducing foreign DNA into our system. Who knows what that DNA really is? Think about that for a, a bit. 
You know, when you get a vaccine, there's no guarantee you know what you're getting. There's no guarantee. They put every witch, witch brew cocktail in those things. And this is why there's such horrific side effects associated with vaccinations. And any of these topics that I'm talking about, if you don't know if this is the first time you're hearing this, just can, for example, vaccinations or DNA or transhumanism or chemtrails or water or, you know, these types of things in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done multiple reports on all of these subjects and on the end time whole alien quote alien agenda ascended master false prophet antichrist agenda how it all ties together and that this is such a huge part of this what they're trying to do dumbing us down making us sick defiling our dna hey if i mean if you can defile someone's dna to the point where they're what they would refer to as post-human. They're not fully human anymore. How does a post-human person get saved? Jesus Christ didn't come here to save cows. Or to save a Nephilim-type hybrid. Okay? And where where that line's crossed, I don't know. I'm not going to claim to know that. I'm just, all I'm saying is that the more your DNA's defiled, the less likelihood you're going to be able to get saved. Okay? And, and I, I know... We can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. And, and, you know, I'm not saying God's incapable of anything, but it's just not something you want to do consciously if you can prevent it. And we should see how near and dear it is to Satan's black heart that he defile our DNA. And there's so many ways he's trying to do it that that must be a really, really super important thing to Satan. Well, if it's really important to Satan, then we really need to take attention to Pay attention to that and try to counteract that in every way we can. Gunpowder. From a computer instead of a gun operated by computer programmers instead of a marksman under the orders of a banking magnet instead of a military general. They go on to say that it makes no obvious explosive noises, causes no obvious physical or mental injuries, and does not obviously interfere with anyone's daily social life. But yet... It makes an unmistakable noise, causes unmistakable physical and mental damage, and unmistakably interferes with all of our lives. The public cannot comprehend this weapon, and therefore cannot believe they are being attacked and subdued by a weapon. The public might instinctively feel that something is wrong, but because of the technical nature of the silent weapon, they can't express their feelings in a rational way or handle the problem with intelligence. Okay, so in other words, the point I believe she's trying to make here is that because this isn't like the government coming up and shooting you with a gun, which would be real super obvious, these silent weapons are so much more insidious, so much more subtle, like Satan, the most subtle beast of the field, according to Genesis 3, the serpent. So this is how Satan is going about doing this to us, through subtlety. And, um, huh, I just put this, the, the email I just put out uh, last night, which is a really great example of this. Okay, and, and it's entitled, 1960 Subliminal Video of the National Anthem Hides MK Ultra Message to Obey the Government. Which is, this is part of the sound of silence type of attack on us to brainwash us on a subliminal level. Uh, it goes along with everything else that they're doing. Government and television stations have been caught adding subliminal messages of actual government mind control in this archive footage from the 1960s. On its face, it appears to be an ordinary sign-off for the broadcasting for the day. Back in the day, and I remember this vaguely uh, when I was little, because I was born in 1969, so I don't remember a lot of this, but I do remember some of this where literally at the end of the broadcasting day, they would literally sign off, where there would be no more signal on that TV until like the next morning. And a lot of times they would do it with this national anthem. I I pretty much remember this, or variations of it. It said, this national anthem message is filled with commands to obey the government and regard it as God. We break down this video sent to us by someone else who is awake. Now, I haven't seen this debunked, and they haven't said anything about it being debunked. It, um, 
it's old footage, it would be very, very hard to Photoshop this thing, because it's pretty pixelated anyway, and, but it's, it's real clear what's going on here, what they're doing. Um, so they said, some have tried to debunk this, we sincerely hope someone will. Unfortunately, no one has yet, and all the evidence points to the film being 100% legitimate. In fact, multiple viewers have already informed us they remember seeing this film on their televisions, not in the 1960s, but in the 1970s. Absolutely. Because I remember this, vaguely. But I do remember this. And I was that would have been more my year, 1970s. Um, so, the, while others have attempted to argue that this technique didn't really work, so the video is therefore irrelevant, that is not the point. And that's not true at all. I mean, look how dumbed down the... the population at large is. The point is the government did this in the first place. I mean, the point is that they actually did something like this. And um, they, um, the American people were not, okay, not only did the government attempt to brainwash the public in mass to the television sets to the obedient to the government, and they still are, probably at a much higher level, and through movies, but there are also references in here to actual government-run mind control projects perpetuated against the American people that were not even declassified until the 1970s, mainly MK Ultra and MK Naomi. This is so in-your-face, it's unbelievable when I, I watch this. It was just... In combination with this audio that we're hearing and this, you really need to go and, and watch this. It's not a very long video. Um... The basically what it says is what it's doing is as they're putting like oh say can you see by the dawn's early light okay and as they're doing that as they're flashing to the next set of letters they're literally there's literally letters and it looks like they're coming up but it's different and then it switches to the, the to the actual real national anthem it's very very quick but they. You can literally, they slow it down on here, and you can literally see the letters changing and flipping, and the actual message that's being put. Here's the subliminal message hidden in our national anthem from the 1960s era video above. Trust the U.S. government. God is real. God is watching. Believe in government God. See, that's the God, though. It's not God like, you know, like they say in God we trust on the currency. That, you have to understand the government's God. Who's the head of the Who's the head of the government? I mean, when Satan showed uh, Jesus the kingdoms, he said, "I'll give all these to you. Just bow down and worship me." Okay, he's the head of these of the United Nations. He's the head of the Illuminati. He's the and these are the world governments. We're going into an overt world satanic government. Not that it's not been that, but now it's going to really get, you know more overt, more in-your-face, more real of what the real agenda is. So this government, God, is essentially Satan, who's at the head. And then it says, rebellion will not be tolerated. <laughs> obey, consume, obey, consume. These are different verses that they're flashing these things. And then these messages are repeated until the finale at the end where it says, buy MK Ultra, buy MK Naomi. Meaning buy it, like, you know, I, like somebody says, um, I don't buy that. You know what I mean? Like, they, they tell you a story and you're like, I don't buy that. Meaning you don't believe it? Well, this is the, this is the context here. Buy MK Ultra, buy MK Naomi, worship, consume, obey, believe. And then finally, the last thing that's flashed up there is do not question government. This was Literally, the national anthem, how they ended the broadcasting day. In thousands of TV stations across the nation every day, and it's probably 10,000 times worse than this now. Because the, the technology they have now, we, we probably can't even detect. I mean, this is so Big Brother Orwellian evil. Like, almost sci-fi, you can't even believe what you're seeing. Then... Watch this short video from the movie They Live, where this guy gets these glasses and he's actually able to see that, that they've used psychotronic warfare on us to literally blind us to what the actual world is. And he puts these glasses on, I believe it was a, the Christians that actually ended up getting these glasses from, 
And he actually sees all the billboards say, Obey, consume. Um, sleep. Obey the government. You know, don't question authority. The same exact... The same exact things that were on our literal national anthem. Remember, Hollywood, it's a Kabbalistic principle. It's a satanic Luciferian principle. More of a Luciferian principle. That you need to warn your enemy of their impending doom in order for it to be a fair playing field. I got into this last in the last study that we that we went into. Um, it's a it's part of the Kabbalah. It's part of high level Luciferian type witchcraft that you need to be able to warn to make it fair from us even from a satanic standpoint. You need to warn your, your enemy of, of what is going is what is happening to them, what's going to happen to them, what will happen to them. And this is, I believe, why they do this and why they release these types of movies. Because they can say when it's all said and done, well, you were warned. You were warned. You should have known better. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of segue into that, and we'll go back to the interview now. not know how to cry for help and do not know how to associate with others to defend against it. Now on page 8, Joyce, of this uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars document, it says, when a silent weapon is applied gradually, the public, public adjusts and adapts to its presence and learns to tolerate its encroachment on their lives until the pressure, both psychological and economic, becomes so great they crack up. Therefore, the silent weapons is a type of biological warfare. It attacks the vitality, options, and mobility of the individuals of a society by knowing, understanding, manipulating, and attacking our sources of natural and social energy and our physical, mental, and emotional strengths and weaknesses. Now, I can tell you that this document goes through a, a multitude of unimaginable uh, requirements under this document. It includes the fact that those that are implementing this must not have any morality or ethics at all. Ooh, okay, we got to go to this uh, four-minute break. We'll be back with Deborah Tavares. Let me just add this. Science, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, by the way, was found by accident, they say, in So the elimination of natural gas, propane, these are alternative forms of energy where you wouldn't have to be dependent on the grid. This is why, okay? They don't want anything, any type of alternative energy form that you could have where you could literally power a house or something. And it's harder to do that with solar unless you've got a ton of solar panels and that's going to be very apparent. Whereas you can bury big gas tanks and have those empower things for a long period of time. So gas, it's very important that they take away that option from us because they realize it's going to give us that, that ability to actually um, uh, be independent of the grid. This is why I'm always encouraging people, whatever you can do to get off the grid, uh, 
you know, if you can move in that direction, if you feel so led by God, I would, I would move in that direction. Your planning department and find out when they are doing their energy action plan or their climate action plan. It is mandated by an executive order. But I want to say to you that uh, in this climate action plan, and you'll see all of this in the document, it says encourage residents and businesses to switch natural gas-powered appliances to electric. It goes on, utilize the energy-efficient appliance rebate program to facilitate the replacement of natural gas equipment with electric-powered equipment. Identify opportunities to implement additional programs that will switch appliances from natural gas to electricity. Now, I want to tell you the Energy Star appliances that GE and other companies are fabricating right now that have the RFID chips and or the sensors in them are not made into gas appliances. And so unless they create that at some So you've got the RFID chips, the sensors already built in, tracking, uh, listening devices, probably going to be giving off dirty radiation like the CFL bulbs, the ones with the curly Q bulbs, they're they're horrific as well. All part of this plan. Um, You're going to have all of that going on and then the smart meter actually communicating with these devices. And they're not going to be, none of these new appliances are going to be gas. They're all going to be electrical, so you're going to be totally dependent on the grid. So if you see Satan telling you to do one thing, you go the opposite direction is the whole point here. Point right now, they're not available. We must look at the fact that gas is being eliminated as a source, an energy source. It's reducing our options, which is the plan. It's going to shift all of us into the required use of electricity. And I must read you this out of the silent weapons document because this is extremely important and it's based on what we're talking about right now about energy. It says, until such energy dominance is absolutely established, the consent of the people to labor and let others, those are the elites, handle their affairs must be taken into consideration since failure to do so could cause us, the people, to interfere in the final transfer of energy sources to the control of the elite. It's very, very important to not comply. We must not give our data, stop using credit cards, start to answer, stop answering polls, stop filling out forms, stop doing the petitions. This is all massive data collection for NSA, and it talks about all of this in the Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars document. And I'll get into that a little bit more, but just please go to the breaking news on smart meters and learn what we have uncovered. This is massive. They are deploying this. This this is part of a deployment by the military. And this is being funded by the World Bank, by Google, by IBM. They're all involved, all the typical players that are involved in this massive global takedown and massive new world order is all part of this corporate agency infrastructure. The EPA is involved in this, our air quality management. Uh, Right now I was looking at a a breaking news story here. We're having massive fires in California. They're now blaming that on global warming. And, of course, we know that uh, the reason that these fires are exploding and moving in such fast pace is because of all the heavy metals that have been dumped from the the secret geoengineering program that no one is supposed to notice. We can get into that later, Joyce, but um, I want to encourage everyone to go to ToxicSky.org also. But it's important to understand, uh, we uncovered a mission statement from the Carnegie Mellon website, and it's the Pennsylvania Smart Infrastructure Incubator. IBM is involved, again, the World Bank, etc. And what struck me about this mission statement, Joyce, is the fact that it says they have a hidden secret. They say that they are leading a revolution in our infrastructure. We want to help expose this secret to the world. Tomorrow's infrastructure will blend traditional physical infrastructure, which is transportation, transit systems, buildings, pipes, smart grids, concrete and steel, with a cyber infrastructure, which is computers, networks, and sensors. And okay, we've got to go to 
Convergence. Okay, we got to go to break. We'll come back after this three-minute break and tell you why these documents are so important. They're putting it out there for you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back. Deborah Tavares, George Riley. Are you tired of searching for... Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and end part one there. And we got about about another 30 minutes on this interview. And then I'm going to play another interview with her regarding the NASA documents a little bit later. And again, kind of stopping to, to comment. But hopefully this is helping to coalesce and for you to understand like the really the big picture. I've gotten into a lot of these topics, but never, not to this depth on some of the things that she's covering. And she's very good at what she does and she's really got act together and she has several websites that go into these individual problems that you can explore give you all the links to those and um, hopefully that'll be helpful to you so we're going to end part one here and go to part two god bless